Good morning. You know, one thing I neglected to do when I was introducing the new elders was to acknowledge and thank um, the two uh, elders that have stepped down uh, from being elders uh, at this time. And um, Steve Mackey and Stan Gallat have served this church so amazingly well. I want you to just now acknowledge that. They have been amazing servants of the Lord, and um, I apologize I didn't mention it earlier. So this morning, we're continuing our series that we've called Beautiful Name, and I, I want to ask you two questions to start off what I want to talk to you about this morning. The first one is this, have you been through the door before you came through the door? And um, I ask that because it's possible that you have not been through the door before you came through the door. Now let me stop messing with your brain and read this scripture. It's found in John chapter 10 and verse 9. It says, Jesus is speaking, I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. An amazing scripture. See, your answer to the question, have you been through the door before you came through the door, is vital. It's vital if you are going to understand everything that's happening in this service. It's vital if you're going to understand what God is seeking to do here today. It, it, it really is vital that you answer this question. And if you, you can't answer it in, in, in the way that um, we're talking about this morning, I want you to be sure that you will be able to answer it by the time we get to the end of the service. Have you been through the door before you came through the door? And understanding that is so, so important. And, and can I say this very kindly but very firmly, most Christians really don't fully understand uh, the significance that's tied in with the, the name of Jesus, the door, I am the door, and what that really means. Many Christians have not grasped that. Many Christians miss that. So I'm going to come back to that in a moment, and, and here's the other question that I want everyone in this room to answer today. How many here today, and, and I want you to signify, and, and be honest now, don't, don't just follow like sheep, although that's what the Bible calls us as sheep, but how many here today would say, I really want to please God? I really want to please God. Oh yeah, oh yeah, don't, don't get super spiritual on me and say, you know, I can't please God. No, no, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible does say that we can please God. In fact, let me go to the main scripture that I want to be dealing with this morning. It's found in Hebrews chapter 13 and verses 15 and 16. And here's what it says. Therefore, through him, he's talking about Jesus. It's been all about Jesus up until this verse. He says, therefore, through him, let us continually 
offer the sacrifice of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. You know, here today in this room are people who um, really live for worship. By that I mean they really love the music of the church. Once the worship is done, they basically switch off and nothing else matters because all they've come for is the worship. Now, um, we get to think, you see, that... um, once the worship team are done and they're off the stage, that the worship time is over. But I want you to know, friends, that as soon as I stepped up here to speak to you this morning, I stepped up here to worship God because what I'm doing right now, I want to do for the glory of the name of our God and the praise of His glory. And so worship is carrying on. You see, worship doesn't start and end with songs. Now, there are other people here today, and all they care about is the Word. They love to hear the Word of God preached. They love preaching. They can take or leave the music. In fact, we have people um, who don't turn up until the worship's done, because all they want is the Word. We're We have other people that sit down in the gathering grounds uh, while the worship is going on, drink coffee, and then they come up for the word, and and because all they want is the word. I, I just want the word, Pastor. And then there are other people here today, and all they care about and all they're into is social action. They exist to feed the poor and to clothe the naked. They love Dream Center stuff and, and, and love to make a difference in our world. Well, actual church, they can take or leave, but they're into social action. They're into blessing the poor and the broken. In, in fact, there are some people that maybe, or maybe, maybe they're not here today, maybe you're watching online, I don't know, but there are people who are actually through with church. Wow, I think you better have a great argument when you stand before God because he planned the church. Before the first moment of time, God planned the church. And he sent his son to live a perfect life and to die a sinless death in order to establish the church. And over the years, millions have given their lives, spilled their blood for the spread of the church. You say, no, the spread of the gospel, John. No, the spread of the church, because I want to tell you something. You can't separate Jesus from his church. You can't separate him from his body. You can't separate him from his bride. And the church is the bride of Christ. It is the body of Christ. And the fact is that the church has spread throughout the world by many, many people who have spilled their blood and given their lives for the church. It's a very big deal to God. 
He loves the church and Jesus gave his life for it. And don't try and fob me off with the thought that church is just people and has nothing to do with us being together like we're gathered together here this morning. And that it is that the church is people and not buildings. I want you to know that Jesus went to a building to church every week of his life. And the fact is the apostles went to a church building and they gathered with people and the church is not the building but the church comes together in buildings to worship God and to be together and to make a difference in our world. So listen, we have to come back to this first question. Have you been through the door before you came through this door? We have to get this, friends, or, or we're going to be messed up in our church lives. And when we think we're pleasing God, we're actually not. And, and it's an alarming and dangerous thing because one day we have to stand before him and give an account. So let's read it again. It's Hebrews chapter 13. I want, I want to embed this into your mind this morning. I want to get this verse to be a part of your life from this morning on. Because it is a critical verse of scripture with regard to worship. It says there again, verse 15 and 16, Therefore through him, Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And do not forget to do good and to share with others, for with with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So we are to come through the door. If you don't understand that, you have to come through the door before you come through the door. If you don't understand that, then true worship will not happen as we gather together or even happen in your life. If you've just come through the door of the church and you have never been through the door which is Jesus then you're going to need a band and you're going to need lights and you're going to need excitement to get you engaged and to now cause you to enter in and to have have some measure of entertainment so that you are satisfied to say, I had a good time at church. Unless you've been through the door before you come through this door. Because if you've been through the door, Jesus Christ, you will come through these doors here of this church and you're already charged up. You're already worshiping before you came through the door because you know Jesus as your Savior and you don't need a band and you don't need lights and you don't need anything else because worship is in your heart. You've been through the door before you came through the door. Hallelujah. Don't need anyone to get on the stage to get you charged up. You've already been charged up by the fact that Jesus loved you enough to come into this world, to hunt you down, to seek you out, and to forgive every sin you ever committed 
You are charged up by the fact that you came through the door worshiping today because you've already been through the door. And when you came through the door named Jesus, you saw his nail-scarred hands. You saw the, the thorn-crowned brow. You saw the mark of the spear in his side. You saw that he was the one who died in your place and rose again from the dead so that you can stand just as if you had never sinned before God and he is the king of all the earth he is the lord of all lords he's the savior amongst every savior he is the only one Jesus none other than Jesus he is the one that held the door open for you that brought you into eternal life he says I am the way the truth and the life Jesus opened the door for you to come back to God. That's why when you walk in through the doors of the building, you're not asking the question, who's leading worship? When you walk through the door, you're not saying, I hope those lights don't get in my eyes. When you come in... You're not looking and wondering if they'll sing the latest and the greatest new song that's out there. No, our minds go back and we remember when we first saw Jesus, the door. And, he, and we saw that he opened the way for us to come right into the presence of God. When it was that we saw it was none other than the Son of God that was waiting on us, that was now welcoming us. He was the one that opened the door for us to come. And we stood in awe and wonder at that simple, wonderful person named Jesus. So the fact is, for many of us, we've already been through the door before we came through the door. The fact is that we have fallen head over heels in love with Jesus. And it can be a piano and an organ if you've got one. It can be old hymns or it can be new songs. It can be great preachers and not great preachers. It can be great worship leaders and not great worship leaders. It doesn't matter because worship is not what we come to. Worship is what we live in. And we love him. And his name is Jesus. Actually, did you know um, that um, God's not impressed by our songs? And I'll tell you why. Oh, no, he's thankful for it. He's thankful for our songs. But he doesn't get up and dance and shout at our songs and our singing. You know why? Because every song comes from him first. It's God saying, hey, we've been singing this for about a million years up here. Uh, see if you like it down there. And he gives us the songs to sing. So all the songs we sing, they come from him anyway. So he's not really impressed by any of our new songs. He says, it's not a new song to me. We've been singing that for millennium up here. See, the fact is that God isn't looking for more songs, friends. He's looking for me. Oh, oh yeah, he, he, he's not looking for us. Uh, it, it's not that we come to entertain God with our singing. He's looking for us to be surrendered to him totally and fully. 
He's looking for us to be in the place of our first love when we fell head over heels in love with Jesus. He's looking for us not to have wandered from the place of worship so that now we rely on what happens in here to now worship from our hearts. No, Jesus is looking and he's saying, I don't want your songs, I want you. I want you burning with passion. I want you burning with love for me. I want you now given to me totally. He's looking for us to be completely surrendered to him. See, Jesus wants us to be a part of his story. He's looking for us to be a part of what he's doing every day, not what just goes on here. He is wanting us to live to do his will on earth. We come together and we say, oh God, we sing you a song. But you really want more. You want more than a song. So I bring you my worship of my life and I surrender my whole life to you I give you everything that is me you know the apostle Paul was getting old and um, as he speaks to his young student pastor Timothy he said these words in 2 Timothy 4 verse 6 for I am already being poured out as a drink offering and the time of my departure is at hand How many know that's not easy language? It's not the language of a comfortable conversation. This was heartfelt determination. He was saying here, he was now coming to the end of the race. He says, I am being poured out. He says, Everything that is me is being given. Everything that is me is being poured out to God. Everything that is me, I'm laying at his feet. Everything that is me is being given. It was a heartfelt determination that he was going to finish well, that he was going to run the race, and that he was going to complete the course, and that he was now going into the presence of God with great rejoicing. The fact was that he did finish the race. He did complete the task. His life was literally poured out like a drink offering, including the fact that his head was cut off for his faith. See, he was not into consumer, easy-time Christianity. He was a consumed man. Let me say that again. He wasn't a consumer of easy-time Christianity. He was consumed by Christ. And, and, and so it is that he was, his whole life being poured out was now a life of worship being given to God, a life given to him, not only in the confines of a building, but in every essence of his life. His life was consumed with Jesus and was being poured out to Jesus. And I believe that God is looking in this generation And in this nation, for people and for churches that are ready to be consumed, that are ready to come as an act of worship and not be just consumers of worship, but be to be consumed with the love of God and consumed with the passion of Jesus and consumed to be people that will be poured out from beginning to end of our lives. 
Now, if you are only carrying out the first instruction of Hebrews chapter 13, um, then, then it is that we're missing it altogether. If it is that we're only doing what it says, offering the sacrifices of praise to God, that is the fruit of our lips, then we missed it. If you say, oh yeah, I'm a worshiper, I'm there every Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, I, I'm a worshiper. I, I love the songs. They're on my mind, and I have WCIC on all the time, and I'm singing along, and I'm a worshiper. But, you know, there's two things in this scripture that we've, we've got to see, and they are connected by a little word. The little word is and. It, it's saying it's not enough to think that God is simply pleased with the the sounds coming out of our mouth in the sense of our singing. That God is simply pleased with the fruits of our lips. We can't stop there. Hebrews 13 verse 16. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For which with such sacrifices God is well pleased. You see friends you don't please him when it is that you clock into church on a Sunday morning and you sing a few songs and you listen to a preacher and then you clock out again until next Sunday. That does not please God. Not only that, you may be a great connoisseur of great preaching and you live for preaching from the word. But don't forget the little word, and, A-N-D, and do not forget to do good and to share with others, for which, with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. So is it, John, that you're saying that God wants us to be people of compassion? No, I'm not saying that. Is it that God wants us to be generous? And friends, no, I am not saying that. Is it that God wants us to feel better about ourselves and, and to get good feelings on the inside of ourselves? No, I'm not saying that. Is it that God wants us to take care of the last and the least of those on the planet? No, that's not what I'm trying to get to you this morning. There is something far greater at stake here than that. I'm trying to tell you there's something far greater than just the songs of worship and even the preaching of the word and even our work in social action amongst the poor and the broken. We should be consumed, friends, with pleasing God. Now listen, you'll never please God in order to get salvation because I want to tell you all your good works are as filthy rags and purifying souls. You can never please God trying to please him so that you get to heaven. But I want to tell you when you're consumed with his love, when you've been taken over by the awe of Jesus, when you realize what he has done, when you realize that you were lost and now you are found, when you realize you're on your road to hell, but now you're on the road to heaven, when you realize he has transformed your families and he's transformed your life by just coming into your home, by opening the door to you so that you could come back to God. I want to tell you, when you're consumed with the love of God, you want to please him. 
You now want to please him. Should be our major concern. God, what do you want? God, what do you want? And the answer is right here, friends, Hebrews 13. Therefore, through Jesus, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And do not forget. And do not forget to do good and to share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is well pleased. At the end of the day, friends, all worship is for God. It is for God. Does it bless us when we enter into worship? Yes, it does bless us, but it's all for him. It's not for us. The fact is, it's for him. We should be continually asking, God, what do you want? And he says, I want my praise to be on your lips. But not only that, I want your praise to be pouring out of your lips to others and blessing others and telling others about me and the difference that I've made in your life. I don't want you just having my praise on your lips in my house, in the place where the church gathers together. I want your praise to be going on as you go out into your family, as you go out into your community, as you go to work, as you are in your community. I want my praise to be heard. I want your lips to be used to show forth my praise, my worth, and my honor to the high and to the low, the rich and the poor. I want you singing my praise around the city and wherever you go. God's not changed his plan, friends. He wants the world to know about his greatness. He wants the world to know that he loves them. He wants everyone to hear how great he is and how amazing he has been to us. He says, I want everyone to know that I am the door to eternal life. I want everyone to know, uh, to sing my praise and tell the world about me. God says, I want all the world to know. That means your crabby, miserable boss. God wants him to know about Jesus. It it means, friends, that rich neighbor who's pretending to be happy but is desperate for someone to simply talk to them and communicate with them that looks past their riches and will look and talk to them just as people who God loves. It means, friends, that God wants his praise heard on the north end of Peoria and on the south end of Peoria. It is that he wants his praise heard in Brazil and Africa and Europe and anywhere else that God may send you. It means that his praise is to be heard by the prostitute and the child or people being terribly misused in human trafficking. It means us losing control and surrendering control to him and being consumed with him and now being led and directed and guided wherever he wants us to go 
so that now we become the outspilling of his praise, the, uh, now the showing of the adoration that we have for him in places where mo- maybe no one else can walk, but God has caused you to have an inroad here and there and everywhere. He says, don't confine my worship to this room. Take it to the streets. Take it wherever you go. And let my worship be heard wherever you go. means us losing this sense of being consumers of religion and now ready to be consumed. I felt that's what God laid on my heart. Are you ready to be consumed? Are you ready to say, Lord, I, I pour my life out? You know, many people said to me leading up to yesterday wouldn't like your job preaching at that funeral service 16 year old young guy you know I have to tell you he made it easy for me it wasn't hard because he's already plowed the field He'd already lived such a life in that community that they they knew about Jesus. All I had to do was reel in. All I had to do was to pull in the net because he'd sown worship in that school. Wherever you went, they were talking about what this boy had been in this school. Every day he would get up and take out his school class book. And every morning, he'd pray over every picture of every one of his classmates and pray that they'd come to know Jesus. Oh yeah, he'd worshipped. He'd worshipped God and, and had so plowed the field. What happened was, I'll tell you how we know people came to know Jesus because the Methodist church in Toulon, they, they um, gave about 75 Bibles Uh, in his memorial that they said, we want this to be offered to anyone who may decide that they want to come to know Jesus. Well, friends, at the end, all the Bibles went. They all went. And um, it's because this young guy had worshipped God, not only in here, he was here last Sunday morning, but he'd worship God out there, out there. And the fruit of that is yet going to be seen, I feel sure. So let me just finish off here by saying that we have to get a better handle on worship. We have to see it's not for us, it's for him. It's for God. He is the center of attraction. He is the one that we come to. He is the audience of one that we worship towards. And it's going to take lives of obedience and lives of surrender. Lives that are consumed with pleasing him. Not to get our salvation, but because of our salvation. And there are many who have lost that. You've lost that. You, you've, you've got this thought, yes, yes, I, I, I can't work for my salvation. I can't earn my salvation. 
It's all a done deal. It's a done task. And and now you've transferred that over into the thought that I can't please God for salvation, so I can never please God. That is a lie from the pit of hell. And it's stopping you worshiping God like you did when you first came to know Jesus. Friends, he wants us consumed with worship. Because I want to tell you, I don't know about you, my salvation never grows old. And it's been over 50 odd years now since I started following Jesus. It's never gone. It's it's had its ups and its down times. It's had its wavering times. But I want to tell you, he's never changed. He's never changed his mind about me. He keeps on loving me. He keeps on forgiving me. He keeps on picking me up. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. He's the one who's at my right hand to support me. He is the Lord of all. And he is the Lord of my life. And friends, I want to be consumed by him. I don't want to be a consumer. I want to be consumed by him. I want my life to smell of Jesus. I want my life to look like Jesus. I want my talk to talk like Jesus. Bringing the good news wherever and whoever we can bring it to. I, I, I... We have to come to the place of saying, I'm living my life to glorify God. And I'm glorifying God by telling you that Jesus loves you and he wants to be a part of your life. We have to go out telling people that. We say, I'm living my life for God. I'm not living my life just to get money. I'm not living my life just to have a job and to climb the ladder. I'm living my life for Jesus. He is consuming me. And my life has been poured out, poured out like a drink offering to Him. So that we're not only praising God in here, our whole lives are worship. Our whole lives are consumed by Jesus. Because, see, we've been through the door before we came through the door. We didn't come in here just to worship. We came in here worshiping. We were already doing it before we came in through the door. On either side of the stage, you'll notice there are two boards. They've got a lot of names on them. Those boards have the names of people who we're not sure knows no Jesus at all. And we encourage you as a congregation to write the names on that board of people that you would desperately love to see knowing Jesus. Maybe family, friends, workmates, I don't know. But we put the names on the board. And then I tell you what's happening, that through the week we are praying over those names. And then we're saying, we want you to invite people to come to our Easter service. We want you to invite them to be a part of what we are doing on Easter Sunday. And I'm believing for a great resurrection day, friends. I don't know about you. It's going to be a fantastic day in God's house. Maybe you've not put any names on there. And as I'm talking, you can think of people who are lost and need Jesus in their lives. As I was praying about this message, I, um, I was talking to God, and he, he, he dropped something that shook me. 
He said, I, I want you to be the worship leader at Riverside. I said, come again. I said, no way. He said, do you want to please me? And I said, you know I do, Lord. He said, I want you to lead worship. Friends, it's not about leading singing. I want you to lead people in seeing what pleases me. I want you to show them that worship is not just singing in here. He said, I want you to lead and inspire and direct the people to become worshipers. Not only in the building, but when they're out of the building. Tell them, tell them that I want them to be consumed by me. Tell them that I want their lives to be consumed by me. Tell them that I need them to sing my praises out in the marketplace, in the school place, in the home place. I need them to share my love and my compassion with everyone they meet. I want you to tell them if they do this, they will please me. So you all said, I want to please God. He says, tell them to be consumed with me and not be ashamed of me and not keep silent about me, but worship me wherever they go. Even if people think they're weird, even if people think they're wacky, Tell them to share the news that Jesus is alive and that he's the door to God. Tell them, tell them to share. I promised God that I would give the rest of my life to doing that. Here it is again, friend. Hebrews 13, 15 and 16. Therefore, through him, let us continually offer the sacrifices of praise to God that is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And, and do not forget to do good and to share with others for which such sacrifices God is well pleased. So when I started, the second question I asked was, who wants to please God? Well, now I told you what pleases Him. And I want you to respond right now and join me in responding. Make a decision that I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to be consumed and not a consumer. Burn in me fire of God. Burn in me passion of Jesus. Consume the dross of my life so that your life can be seen. Consume me fire of God. You know, there was a song that um, I've asked Justin to sing. And uh, I, I want to challenge everyone here this morning. If you're saying, I want to be consumed. As this song is being sung, I want you to just come and stand at the front here and say, God, I want to be a worshiper. Not only in here, but out there. 
Consume me. Consume me, fire of God. Love of Jesus, take over my life like never before. I'm coming back to the place of worship. I'm coming back to that place of being consumed. As this song is being sung, make your way up here. And, um, and then I'll come back and close out after the song is finished. This wonderful song. Listen to it. Close to you, I want to be close to you, 
it to take over every area of my life. Break into the dark corners. Light up the dark corners of my life. Jesus, break in so that it will become natural that out of me will shine the light of your presence in my life. I want to be consumed. I want to be consumed. Because Jesus, you are everything. You are everything. You're greater than anything else that seemed important in my life. You're greater than anything that would seek to invade and take me away from you. This morning I'm coming back to the place of worship. I'm putting you back on the throne of my life. Jesus, Jesus, you are my everything. Say it, friends. Jesus. Jesus. 